Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stubergear. That's me. Matt Kibbe is back in studio, so happy to have you back. And Jason Buttrell, this, this guy over here. <laughs> uh, Stu, what was the top story today? I think we looked to take a state of the race on the Democratic primary. Where does everything stand? We have, uh, looks like we're going to have a Joe Biden appearance pretty soon, but where do we stand before he jumps in? 27 right. or so candidates, something like that. Something like that. In there. <laughs> I, I got to go. I need to go jump off a building. Get to that, Matt. The news of the day is just like the news yesterday. I have Beto fever. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's no. affecting your hands. You need to get You're gesturing wildly. And I don't You're know how to get rid of someone. it. <laughs> I need, like, penicillin or something. <laughs> Jason. Um, some news that I just saw this morning absolutely freaked me out. Did, almost did a little Twitter trigger that I've been known oh, to no. do. Oh, gosh, oh, no. there we go. But I never thought we'd be in a, in a, in a situation where uh, an American who turned traitor to his country was uh, involved in joining a terror group, uh, pretty much, responsible for killing an uh, American citizen and then gets out just 18 years later out of prison. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Obviously, a lot to get into there, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Um, so, Matt, I don't know if you know this, I used to be, like, really fat. Oh, stop it. Like, really? Oh, stop look, it. That doesn't even look like me. It doesn't look like you. Look. But, I mean, it's definitely a difference, but you beat yourself up too much. Well, I, okay, I lost over 100 pounds, and um, I use Ridiazone to maintain, but it's really great for losing weight. And might I say, summer is right around the corner. So if anyone out there is looking to shed some extra pounds before summer, Ridiazone is your trick. So they've taken the good molecule in olive oil, put it into a capsule that you take before your meals, and it's been shown to boost your metabolism and uh, help reduce your appetite. Get it before summer. Start it now. And in these few months, you're going to be calling and emailing and you're going to be like, Sarah, thank you, because now I look great for summer. Go to Ridiazone.com. Use promo code THEBLAZE and you will get 30% off of a three-month supply. Uh, we did the math for you. That's like $1.39 a day. So I think you can invest that much if you need some help with that uh, weight loss plateau. Ridiazone.com. All right, Stu. Uh, I guess I'll stay for this. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, uh, first off, um, I tweeted out a little while ago the my latest sort of power rankings. We've been doing this um, thing um, where we kind of come up with our own little... Uh, election model mm -hmm. with all these you know different dozens of categories so if we can grab that Nerd. from my from my yeah thank you uh <laughs> from my twitter that would be great because i can end there but uh, let me show you the latest poll this is from uh, cnn uh and uh, there's some good news and some bad news for these candidates uh let's start at the bottom amy klobuchar at one percent that's bad news um, <laughs> although i will say amy, amy klobuchar at one percent is still uh yeah. gillibrand is like oh my gosh would i desire to be at one percent someday <laughs> Uh, that she is invisible. Cory Booker at 3%. That's pretty bad. Uh, you, you would think if you're Cory Booker, you would like to make more of an impact than that. 3% is pretty disappointing. he's got way more name recognition. Yeah, Klobuchar or Gillibrand or any yeah. of those. Yeah, The um, crazy eyes alone are worth 5%. I would think. You would think, you would think, uh, but no. Um, John Kerry. Now, why John Kerry is in a poll for the 2020 <laughs> nomination. This is what Cory Booker feels most bad about. <laughs> yeah. John Kerry, who may or may not still be alive. Right. I mean, yeah. John Kerry ran for the nomination in what, 2004, was it? Right? He was the yeah. 2004 candidate. Yeah. 2004? It's 2020 we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he's probably still young for this group, uh, honestly, when we get to the top of these polls. Elizabeth Warren uh, at 6%. Again, that's not good for Elizabeth Warren. She should be... Higher than that, she's supposed to be a top-tier candidate. Um, Bob Franco Rourke at 11%. <laughs> 
Now, Bob Frank, uh, it's a pretty good showing for his first uh, real poll since he's announced. Um, so 11%. Kamala Harris at 12%. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders at 20%. Mm. And then, of course, at the top, Jilton, Joe Biden at 28%. Now, Biden is uh, so, you know, pretty close to announcing here. There's been a few things. First of all, uh, he made some offers to people in New Hampshire and Iowa, uh, you know, consultants and such that uh, kind of signals, hey, he might be getting in the race. Uh, there, were, uh, there was someone who had done ads for him in the past uh, that was spotted out in front of his uh, childhood home in Pennsylvania, in Scranton. You're going to hear the word Scranton quite a bit. more than uh, Ever since the office, no one has heard the word Scranton more than you're about to start hearing it. Well, he's middle class. He's Joe. middle class Joe. He's from Scranton, that Katie's diner that didn't exist for the last 20 years, but he was there. Uh, so uh, you're going to be hearing a lot about that, but there were already somebody there. And then, of course, there was him kind of telling an entire audience that he was running. Did you see this clip? Uh, here's Jolton Joe. I know I get criticized. I'm told I get criticized by the new left. I have the most progressive record of anybody running for the United If anybody who would run. And anybody who would run. Uh, so, look, we all know. <laughs> Are you sure that that would? It almost looks staged, though. Oh, really? Sure that it, I don't uh, know. To me, it's possible. I think he's, he's he slips a lot. Joe he's, slips a but lot. But he's looking good. Like he looks tan, rested, and ready. He's oh yeah. Probably had some work done. So he's. Yeah, and I think look, he's up. a legitimate candidate. I mean, you know, there was a couple of polls that came out. Um, several pollsters released uh, general election polls. Nobody performs better in them than Biden. I mean, I, I don't know that I saw a poll um, over the past couple of weeks that has Biden not beating Trump by either double digits or close to double digits, 8 to 11 points. Um, you know, the only person who really polls in a similar fashion is, is Sanders. Now, part of this is name recognition, obviously. I don't know that he's actually an 11-point favorite over Trump by any means. But he's a dangerous candidate. I mean, I think it's easy to dismiss him because he a lot of gaffes and he kind of seems like a silly guy. But... He has some of that same um, ability that Donald Trump has for gaffes to just roll off of him. And, you know, he's a fighter. He'll go in there and, I mean, if they get into a debate, I think they'll just talk over each other for two hours and everyone will just go home. You won't hear anything. Like, they'll just, that, they don't, they're, neither one of them will back down in that sort of scenario. Or Biden will just start cracking up hysterically like yeah. he did with uh, Paul Ryan, yeah, yeah. which is the most ridiculous oh. thing. And he never got called out for He literally just laughed the entire debate. Like, yeah, he did. What's going but, on? And he interrupted him constantly. Mm-hmm. He jumped all over his, he wouldn't let him finish sentences. Um, and that is, Joe is not afraid of doing that. I mean, whether he's up to this at this point, I don't know. I mean, the last time he did really run through this process was 2012. Uh, he's certainly an older man, but Trump as well has, uh, is an older guy, and he was able to do it. Um, here is the, uh, and we've, they're fancy color coding for your, for your pleasure here. If you're watching on television, this is the latest uh, power ranking. And the, so the score is a 1 to 100. If you don't know, we've showed this a couple times. And this is kind of where we have him set right now. I still have Bernie Sanders as the uh, number one, uh, followed by uh, Kamala Harris and Beto O'Rourke as uh, two and three. Biden's not in this yet. It was only announced candidates. You kind of see a color-coded the tiers. So kind of front runners is the green tier. Next tier is, uh, you know, uh, kind of... I kind of think of that as uh, they've got a they've got a shot, right? This is a legitimate shot if things kind of go well, which is Booker, Klobuchar, and Warren in that next tier. The next one is like kind of like, well, if everything goes right, like if all of a sudden things start breaking their way every day, maybe they have a chance. You're, you know, Castro and Gillibrand are there. 
then it's like, yeah, these guys don't really have a chance, which is Hickenlooper, Inslee, Buttigieg, Gabbard, and Yang. I mean, Buttigieg and Yang have been getting a lot of really positive press. Um, so I, I, could, I think <laughs> Buttigieg as a VP is a legitimate uh, really? thing, I think. Um, you know, okay. you'd have, it would be your first openly gay candidate to be in that sort of role. He's done pretty well with the press. The press likes him a lot. Um, so yeah. I, it's a long shot. Yang, such a, well, you mentioned Yang. It's, yeah. it's, it's such a different, like, uh, it's, it's, he's just so different from someone like Beto. Yeah. Like, I was just looking at Beto's website. It's like, because there's been a lot of criticism. And uh, I don't want to jump over with your Beto fever here, but <laughs> Chris is like, no one really knows what he, what he yeah, stands yeah. for. Mm-hmm. If you go to his website, you would assume... That's why I have the fever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you would assume that you would see like something that says, where I stand on the issues or something like yeah. that. But you go to the website, there's a big sweaty picture of him. And there's two buttons. Mm-hmm. One says donate, one says shop for my t-shirts. Yeah. That's it. You go to Yang's website, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I, I think he has a stance on like, I don't know, Zen decorating or something. He has a stance on it, circumcision. Circumcision, he's a big anti-circumcision guy apparently. I mean, uh, yeah. who would have thought that would be a platform? <laughs> yeah, no, he's been running since 2017, so he's had some time to put together a platform. But I mean, I think I, you respect that, right? Well, O'Rourke just ran for uh, for Senate. Yeah, wouldn't it be he the same had, platform, yeah, right? the, the same basic framework. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, you know, I, I'll give Elizabeth Warren some credit here is like, as crazy as her policy proposals have been, she's at least making them, which is not more than you can say from a lot of these people in the field right now. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, with, with, with Beto, it's interesting in that like he really, he did just run a race, a high profile race where we supposedly found out where he stood. Uh, and now people are really coming after him. Uh, which is interesting. I do think of him as a top-tier uh, candidate, and Yang is has separated himself from the complete unknown category. Like uh, he, I think is you know he's he's it looks like he'll be in the debates. He's mm-hmm. crossed that line. Uh, he kind of figured out a little hole in the system to get sixty-five thousand individual donors, which he's already achieved. So it looks like he'll be in the debates. He's getting some attention. I think. I think it's largely a uh, you know uh, there's a flirtation here, and this flirtation goes away. You never say never, but it's like it feels like almost like a Herman Cain or a, uh, um, you know, almost a Fred Thompson type of thing where like he kind of comes out and he does well in the polls and he has not done well in any real polls, we should point out. He has done well in like online prediction markets, which is where like uh, like all the sort of white Internet nerds that like him live. (laughs) Um, But that's hey, that's something. It's more than you can say for, you know. You know, John Delaney, right? Like, I, I don't, you know. Who? What? Yeah, he's a congressman, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, no, the battle thing, I think, has been, it's been an interesting launch because I think, and this is probably part of your mania here, uh, Matt, but, like, I don't know that I can remember a candidate with the guns being pointed at him by the rest of his party mm-hmm. like we're seeing with Beto. They, they, they must see him as a threat because they are coming after him early. They definitely do, and, and the Bernie guys are totally freaked out right now because of that, that big raise. But, mm-hmm. but you could go back to ancient times, 2016, mm-hmm. and Beto O'Rourke was talking about the unsustainability of the national debt and how we can't afford mm, to do that yeah. anymore. I think that Beto's gone. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And he's, it's, he's been replaced with, uh, I, think, I think this all comes down to, um, you know, two years ago, Joe Biden would have been the heir apparent, like the unbeatable name ID machine uh, donors. He's got it all, and he's, he's a proven track record. He can fight the fight. But that's not how politics works anymore. Now it's like a game of survivor, and I think they're ultimately going to scrap the debates with 20 people on stage and just put Bernie and Beto on an island 
and they're going to eat bugs <laughs> and see who survives, yeah. and, and that's our candidate. Oh, I think Bernie survives because Bernie, Bernie. I feel like Bernie has gone through a period in his life where he's eaten bugs. Well, hold on, hold on. Beto eats dirt. Beto eats dirt. He can totally survive this. That's true. That's we just point. found out he eats dirt. He eats dirt and he puts what human poop, poop. in 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 bowls. In bowls. Um, <laughs> What a jokester, man. So there, That's hilarious. There's some other reality show then. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not a big consumer of these shows, but there's surely a show where you eat poop. Yep, there has to be. Um, and eat bugs and you survive. And, and maybe it's a combination of that and Bachelor. <laughs> and is to totally devoid of any idea, any policy. He's not going ha- to be called uh, out for contradicting past policies because it's just... It's a beauty contest. Yeah. It's true, although and he's so t- pretty. He is very pretty. Yeah. Now, I don't really actually think mm-hmm. he's all that pretty, but I guess he's compared to Bernie Sanders. I mean, I guess you know, he looks pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but like I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, the, what's being leaked against him now? Yeah. is the same stuff he would leak about himself in the general election. Yeah. Things like, you know, hey, I actually stood up against big government. He, I mean, he has, he's on record. He, look, he's from Texas. He's a Democrat from Texas, but he had to win in Texas. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got all these positions where he's supposedly responsible or at least pays lip service to that. And it's amazing that what's he, you know, it used to be there was a time where Democrats would come out and say, we need to balance the budget. Now him saying we need to balance the budget is used as an attack against right. him in a primary. It's outrageous that he would say that. I know. I mean, it really, I don't believe him that he wants to balance the budget, but the fact that he said it didn't used to be a negative. See, but I, I think he's totally Teflon-coated. I think that, that he will morph into whatever the Democratic Party needs to him to be. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, he feels like Barack Obama. Like It's this, it's this mm-hmm. sense of, of coolness. And there's nothing else, and and the rest can be filled in later. This is why he doesn't have any policy positions on his thing. That's not, that's not why he's running. That's now how how he's running, and mm-hmm. and probably the people that do list out their positions have just made themselves vulnerable to attack. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I, I you know there's um if you remember back in the day Mike Tyson when when he was a uh, champ and, and he would just come out and destroy these guys like you know 90 second knockouts of these you know former champions, and. The, the, the talk, they always used to talk about how if you can survive that first or second round, it makes you a lot stronger. I think that happened with Trump. I mean, Trump had that barrage when he, when he first came out. He was hit from a million different directions. And he had the McCain comments those first. I remember when he made the McCain comments. I did not think he was going to survive that. And there was about 10 other times I did not right. think he was going to survive in that primary. But once he got past that first or second round, he was able to settle into the job a little bit. I think Beto's in the middle of that moment. I mean, if he can get through... This where, you know, he's got Sanders people at rallies and coming after him. He's got people on the right asking him about third term abortion. Everyone, he is really in the middle of this right now. And if he can get through this first couple rounds without really faltering, he may have a chance to hold all these people off and win. It's uh, amazing. So just before we go, I'd like to summarize here. The poster child of the left in 2020 mm-hmm. okay, has achieved nothing uh, legislative wise. Mm. Uh, has a, an arrest record mm-hmm. of DUI and burglary. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, wrote a fantasy about killing children, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eats dirt, Mm -hmm. and tries to make his wife eat poop. Mm -hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's pretty much the resume. (laughs) Sounds about right. Back in a minute. Fever is abating. (laughs) Really? There is a cure. Thank you. You put it that way, it doesn't sound nearly as cool. (laughs) 
Uh, before we get into Jason's mini-series over here, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, so, turns out that everyone's father's, brother's, mother's, cousin's dog sitter mm-hmm. is also a real estate agent. And, in Jason's case, his handyman, his house... <laughs> also a real estate agent. Right. It's the new thing. Came in to fix my washer and, uh, you know, did a great job. But he like, handed me his card and he had his little MLL whatever number at the bottom. He's like, call me if you need a condo. I'm like, ah. So I'm going to say don't take that advice and instead go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, Glenn and his team, he has these team of people and they vet all of the real estate agents all over the country. Um, so, and we, we discussed this the other day. It's especially useful if you're moving across the country. Yeah, if right? you're moving because to a new area and you have, you have no, no idea. idea. You can't even pick the person who walks by you at Starbucks uh, as your real estate agent. You have to just kind of guess. Yeah. Uh, or you're calling, like, the person who's listing the house or whatever. And that's just not the best way to do it. You, gotta, you have, to have to have some process. And luckily, the best process is available for free. <laughs> just go to realestateagentsitrust.com and they do it for you. Yeah, um, they share your values. Um, they're fans of the show. And they're experts in their area. They do it full time. They don't dabble in it. So uh, if you are looking to buy or sell, realestateagentsitrust.com. Jason, instead of uh, putting it all out on Twitter, I'm going <laughs> to do it here. Exclusive, exclusive, <laughs> just for the reason why it matters. Um, so, yeah, so I just read the, the article that um, John Walker Lynn, the American Taliban, is going to be released in May, which is absolutely insane. Um, I was 22-year-old uh, intelligence analyst uh, with the Marine Corps, uh, September 11th, 2001. Told that story before. We went on our way to Afghanistan uh, at the time, and we started getting intelligence reports that there was an American with the Taliban. And we're just like, what? Just absolutely insane. Um, but we started getting information about how he was radicalized around 1997 or so. This was a bad guy. Um, he had been caught, as we're, as we're, I think at this point, we're pre-staging in Pakistan. He had been caught uh, by the Northern Alliance, and he was in prison. Well, the Northern Alliance called the CIA in, and the CIA agent, I, I'm horrible for not remembering uh, the man's name, but a CIA agent went there to go debrief him and figure out you know, who this guy was. Of course, he was, uh, Lind was lying, saying he was an Irishman, um, all these different things. Well, um, during that time, the Taliban that were captured, Taliban and al-Qaeda, uh, got together and hatched this escape plan. Killed a ton of people, including uh, our CIA agent um, John Walker Lind. Uh, I, I was, it was it was reported on that he and it was it was known that he knew all about it. He knew about the plan. He knew what, what was going to happen. He was being interrogated nonstop. Never said a word. He's complicit in that man's death. So he's a traitor. He's a terrorist. He's complicit in an American citizen's death. Um, I was actually on the tarmac when they delivered John Walker Lind uh, to Camp Rhino. That was where my unit was stationed in Afghanistan. Um, so I saw him. Uh, he, he was never apologetic, ever. Um, he continued to spout off Taliban and jihadi-type stuff while he was there. In fact, to this day, he still support, uh, says things that are supportive of ISIS um, and still supports jihadist movements all over the world. Uh, so you're saying he's a really good guy. This is an awesome <laughs> dude. Yeah, like, no, this guy's horrible. Um, there is n- I cannot understand how a traitor who's been convicted of terrorism who is responsible for the death of an American citizen, is gone in just 18, 18 years. Like, how does that happen? How, seriously, how does it happen? Yeah. What's the reasoning for his release? I don't know. I, I really don't. Like, that, that was whatever his sentence was, and it wasn't even 18 years, because he was, 
you know, he was in, in I don't know, he, he was with us for at least, I think, till 2002 before he was transported back and then, you know, sure. stood trial and all that. So, it, I mean, what, like 16 years he was in prison, 16, 17, something like that? Mm -hmm. That's really. That does not fit the crime. He's not showing any sign of being reformed or. No, even no, if he was, I'm not yeah. saying you should release him, but I mean. Exactly to the contrary. Like, he deserves a life sentence just yeah. for what he's done. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, yeah, he's not reformed. He's said that he's going to continue to support jihadist groups and terrorists. So, literally, really, I, I would love, like, I, I just read this story today. I would love to hear if anyone knows, like, what their justification was for this. This is an outrage. Yeah, Absolute it. outrage. I mean, it kind of feels like the attitude is shifting uh, to PC culture because we saw with the ISIS brides that there were a lot of people who sympathized with them and said, well, they should be let in. I mean, they got on the news and gave their sad stories about how they uh, were just going through a, just a phase, mm -hmm. please. Who doesn't go through that phase where you want to run Americans over and you know murder them in the streets? I mean, who among us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and they got sympathy for that. So, I mean, I wonder if the attitude is shifting because of all of these open borders talks and immigration reform and having walls is immoral. I mean, do you think that that might be anything I mean I definitely think the attitude is shifting or it's being coerced mm -hmm. you know by certain parts uh, really affect you know. the legal system though right I mean that's like what it. I was about to say that doesn't stand here because he should have been given straight up a life sentence well right but so, I, so I'm unclear so you don't know what his sentence originally was no okay so that's what we would need to find out then yeah and I, you know I, I feel like there's a uh, there's certain crimes right like there's certain crimes in which look you might there, you know, you might get reformed. You might even be t totally turned around and have real positive outcomes. Um, I just still want you away from people. Like I always <laughs> think of this with, with with John Hinckley. It's like, look, there's a lot of things I can forgive. You know, like you really shouldn't shoot a president. I, we should st like that should be a line in which if you shoot a president, even if you are like crazy and mentally unstable at the time. Let's keep you in a room away from others. You know, like, I, yeah, like yes. I mean, I, yeah, like, he's like, oh, well, he's going to go out and he's going to visit his parents on weekends and then they're going to release him from prison. It's like the guy shot Ronald Reagan over an actress. Yeah. Like, no. Like, and, you know, Jodie Foster, I just don't feel like was worth the whole assassinating a president thing. I feel like you, you cross the line to terrorism where you're going and you're fighting against us. I mean, we obviously have a crime that, uh, you know, treason is, well, that's kind of like the base level, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. And for whatever reason, obviously, he did not get, uh, he did not get convicted on that, or at least it didn't go to the full punishment. It just seems like there should be no excuse of someone being released in that situation. That was an op it was a case he admitted to. So yeah. we can agree at least that we should probably keep our eye on this dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, and that's 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 a, that's actually a good point because, like, so he's somehow he got applied for and got citizenship to Ireland. So he is put in his request to being transported to Ireland. So Ireland will either accept him or they won't. Uh, they'll probably end up accepting him. Uh, but if they didn't, like, where does this guy go? Like, he literally will just go to some small town USA place and no one will ever know that there's a terrorist that supports ISIS yeah. and I, Taliban. I, and it's very weird. I mean, like, we have lists for like, uh, you know, like, 
I don't know, like uh, yeah, what's the like, some of the like uh, like uh, child pornography? Uh, what's what's mm-hmm. what's it called? You know, like the, the list that you'll go on sex for that. Oh, sex offenders. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like we have a list for that, and I'm and I'm actually glad that there's something like that there. But there is no list for like if you've been convicted of a terrorist. Like I think that that's probably a good well, thing. To a, maybe we put him in the locked room with those guys. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. let them work it all out. I like that. I like what that. Could possibly <laughs> go wrong there. Back in a minute. <laughs> That was like the guy in Norway when uh, he shot himself. So Matt, quick question for you. If I wanted to find um, videos, podcasts, whatever, of a libertarian, very awesome, very handsome, has a great mustache, where could I find that? You go to Kibbe on Liberty, and you can get it wherever the heck you want to get it, because we are everywhere, um, YouTube, on Blaze TV, uh, wherever you download your podcasts, and that's where you can get the definitive, one place only libertarian perspective on the world. There you go. Wow. All right. He wrapped it up. Oh, my God. Oh, that's you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, and then we are doing overtime next on Blaze TV. Don't forget, if you have not already signed up, you can, and you can use promo code NEWS and get $10 off of your annual subscription. Listen, I'm, I mean, things happen in overtime. Okay, like, there are clothes being thrown everywhere. There's, like... (laughs) What show are you talking about? Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, Jason, talk to us about uh, seizing properties. Yeah, I've been watching, the, as you know, the Venezuela stuff a lot lately, and uh, it's more and more rapid. Things are progressing. Uh, but the, the Venezuela operation, uh, opposition group uh, that's stationed here in the United States, they just seized uh, a consulate building in New York City that uh, used to be the Venezuelan government under Maduro. And they've also seized several other diplomatic buildings around New York or in New York City. Um, which uh, they said was, well, Maduro said it was a hostile you know, takeover, but it was done by force. Um, so it's very, very interesting. The uh, military attache has already uh, come over, uh, defected, and come over to our side. He was stationed here in the United States. He was the military attache from Venezuela to our uh, military. He's defected. I think he's one of the highest uh, military officers to do that from them. Um, defections are happening you know, pretty much uh, Every day, there's, there's more and more people defecting. No high, not very many high-level officers, but the lower-level officers. Um, uh, but this is just one of the latest things that happened. The president just said, I believe it was today or yesterday, that uh, they are just about to start their next round of sanctions, which is going to ratchet uh, things up. And he also said all options are on the table. I think two weeks ago, Pompeo, uh, said, uh, I think it was, isn't it, it was a tweet, I believe? I can't remember. Uh, they said that um, it's a policy. It's got to be, it's gotta be a tweet. tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Where all important statements are made. <laughs> um, he said that uh, they, they had pulled, finally finished pulling all diplomatic personnel out of Venezuela mm-hmm. um, because that they wanted to have, some along the lines of they wanted to have more of their options available, which is basically a threat to say, like, we're considering, you know, kinetic yeah. military action. Um, which is just kind of funny. It's just a threat. What they're doing, in my opinion, is they're just doing little bitty things to try and encourage the military, the higher-ranking military, to up to do an uprising. I don't think we'll do a big military engagement. I hope we don't. 
Um, but um, there, there's more things like that, like little psyop stuff, like Bolton with his mistake of having his notepad turn the other way around that said 5,000 troops mm-hmm. to Venezuela. Come on, man, or to cute Colombia. That was not a mistake. Uh, you, I, I like, missed that. We, well, you didn't yeah. see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it came out of like a briefing or so whatever. It's pad and it's, oh it's all it says. We will get you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Pow. You know, like of all the notes he took, he just the one thing he decided to take a note on was 5,000 troops, Colombia. You know, like, come on. That, that was not a mistake. It was a psyop. Remote yourself. A full-blown military operation in Venezuela would be awful. Uh, it would be more along the lines of like an Iraq type invasion. Uh, Maduro and Chavez have been in power for forever. Uh, they have, a, they still have a big following there. You know, it's like it's getting smaller, but they still have a. There's a big following there, so you're going to have. It would prove Maduro's point. Exactly, yeah, this is all an American conspiracy to yes. undermine my legitimate government. Yes, exactly. Um, so I don't, I don't see them doing that. That would just be stupid. Um, what I could see, if you're worried about military operations, the, the one, only thing, well, there's two things that are possible, in my opinion. A naval blockade is possible. Uh, in conjunction with that or separate from that, there, you could also see maybe a deployment to Colombia to open up one of those border crossings to just let uh, humanitarian aid go through. I can see that happening, but that would also be another PSYOP. It would be encouraging the military and the people to finally, once and for all, do an uprising. That's what I think you could see. If the sanctions don't do it, if the people don't do it themselves, if we get involved, it'll be very limited, something like that. What's your take on this, Matt? As the uh, libertarian at the table, it, at what point do you think, or do you think at all, that the United States should be involving themselves in what's going on in Venezuela? No, I, I don't... I don't think we should, and I don't think it's it's in our strategic interest, and I also don't think it's in the interest of the Venezuelan people, because Maduro is clinging to power. Um, he's lost the support of everyone. The only way that he maintains power is, is using food as a weapon, mm-hmm. and that's what the blockades are about. He's starving people into submission. Um, if we show up, suddenly... We're the bad guys, and suddenly his whole narrative about how this is an American conspiracy. Um, so I, th- I think for both practical and and sort of broader strategic reasons, it would be a bad decision to go into Venezuela. We should be telling the story of Venezuelans and what's happening to them. We should be supporting them morally. I've, I've had a bunch of, of of Venezuelan expats who are part of this broader opposition on on my shows, and I think that's how you do it. Um, I don't. I think. I think invasion is exactly the wrong thing to do. Well, um, where would you draw the line as far as involvement at all? Like, I mean, is is what we're doing with supporting the the this other president? Is that over the line? Should we be doing anything? Should we even be commenting on it? Um, I I think we're actually doing too much. I, I don't. I don't think we should take sides. I think that uh, the Venezuelan people should decide who their legitimate uh, path away from socialism is. Um, so, so how can they though? They're starving in the streets. Well, the way that they do it is how they've been doing it, and I'm not saying it's easy. Like uh, people are getting slaughtered, mm-hmm. and and they have these these roving gangs of of Maduro loyalists that are that are destroying all of the all of the dissidents. But the, despite all that, the protests get bigger and bigger, and and no um, dictator can survive public opinion forever. And this is why we think the military will flip, yeah. because they want to be with the winner. Like they're not, they're not, they're not like uh, Maduro's our guy. They're like, um, this is unsustainable. Right. So you got to let you got to let it work out. And and we should always in foreign policy. This is a very libertarian thing. 
Think about the unintended consequences of whatever you do. If you're gonna take out Gaddafi, think about what's going to happen after you do it. And, and I don't think we do that that often. I think, well, that's a bad guy, let's take him out. Um, if we're responsible for taking out Maduro, it's not at all clear to me that something better naturally happens. So you, you gotta let people figure it out. You can't. Uh, it's, I agree. It's, it's not needed, really. A military operation is completely not needed. I was really mad with the uh, Obama-Iran um, uh, deal because it wasn't needed at that point. Like, if, if, you, if, you, if you were all about, you know, encouraging a, a, a more moderate regime in Iran, then you let what's happening or what was happening take place. And around 2008, they were literally kind of where Venezuela is right now. They were on the cusp. But they, we, we, we kind of injected ourselves more, changed policy around, did different things, and now you prop them up, and now they're getting back to where they were. Uh, there's certain, it, it, less is usually more when, when you're thinking of situations like that. Venezuela, we don't have to. Like, they are right there. They're in a very critical stage. They're in a point now where they're, I mean, regimes don't change unless the people are willing to fight to do it. And they have to fight to do it. If somebody else fights to do it for you, then it's, it's less meaningful. And you might even slide further into more of a dictator, someone worse than Maduro. Because who knows who this other guy is? I mean, he'd probably be a disaster, too. I mean, yeah, and let's not say we're, they're going to end socialism. They're going to go away. This guy is not really like, you know, a Mike Lee. You know what I mean? He's a, he's Justin Amash. Yeah. That's not who no, he is. Like, no. they already have tendencies to go towards a more socialist-type government. They, they, did, they were doing it long before Chavez. They were nationalizing businesses and stuff long before Chavez. They've been on this path for a while. It's just kind of who they are. I think one step potentially for us to consider um, in the United States is there's hundreds of thousands of people who have fled Venezuela and are actually currently in the United States now. Um, and I think both politically and to do the right thing, I think it's an interesting thing for Trump to entertain, you know, accepting as many as possible. Um, because, you know, A, it would prove, I think, a lot of things, people wrong about what he believes about immigration and about people who don't look different and people from the South coming across the border. Oh, these people are in real crisis, taking in these people through asylum and such that we could, that, you know, obviously checking them out and making sure that we're not, you know, taking in the wrong people, but doing the best job that you can. And it also, I think, shows a, it's, a, it's a handout to, to the people in Venezuela who are wondering who the good guy is. They, I mean, you know, you get propaganda all the time, even when you're having a disaster in your country. You might not realize it. If you're seeing, okay, hey, you know, my, my brother, my cousin, my, my aunt is being accepted by the United States, the evil United States, why are they doing that? Well, maybe it's because what you've heard this whole time isn't real. And I think it's also politically beneficial for Trump. Sort of like Cuban refugees that, yeah. that fled Castro's communism. They became the voice of sort of anti-Castro, anti-socialism yeah. stuff. They would be the people that could tell the story in this country, and and it does sort of reinforce if, if Trump is in fact going to to run his reelection campaign against socialism, let's get some victims of real socialism yeah. into this country to talk about their experience. And the precedent you set with with operations, like let's say we did get involved in Venezuela, let's say let's say we did something, but we don't get involved in some other country that's got the exact same issues because th- th- this helps erode and degrade our our how people view us in the rest of the world. They're like, wait a minute, like if you, in, if you did something here, was it just because they had a lot of oil? Were there certain interests? Well, of course, when we would say it, no, it's because it's just for the people, it's for humanitarian reasons. Okay, then why don't you get involved over here? Mm-hmm. And eventually we do get into those situations. I talked to a bunch of people like through social media, um, from people I've met in Iraq, other places like that, and they're like, why is the United States not getting involved? 
You know, like you guys are complicit in what's happening with us. What are you talking about? Like this is like, you know, help yourself, you know, like do, do this for yourself. Okay, you're, like we, you're turning we, it to Beto here. With we, the, <laughs> you better be careful. We, uh, good point. Um, we literally cannot be involved everywhere in the world all the time. To do so, it erodes, uh, you know, our, our, you know, our, our morality. It, it, it erodes, um, you know, our, our values and principles. Look at the military guy in Libertarianville. Do you believe this, Matt? This is, uh, <laughs> you know, what's, what's crazy is that I, the, the longer I've been here, the oh, longer, the over. more I've shifted. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's a blank, it's a blank check where there are so many bad things and so many uh, corrupt dictatorships all over the world and there are good people dying and there's tribal warfare and that the, the sort of practical question is, you know, can we do something that's sustainable and should we do it? And, and I think the answer is usually no if you want to check the boxes. And it can't just be an emotional thing. We have to do something. It's kind of, it's kind of like the progressive attitude yeah. on healthcare. We have to do something. Well, what if it makes it worse? <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes conservatives don't think it through on foreign policy because, because they see a bad guy and that bad guy's got to go. Massive intervention never has, never used to be the way that we wielded our power. It just never was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we waited till the very last minute to get into World War I, for crying out loud. We waited until the very last minute until we got ta- attacked yeah. to get into, before it was always we used the power of the purse. Like, we were businessmen, and that's kind of how we, you know, flexed our power and our muscle. But after World War II, it changed to where we were like, okay, screw it, we're just going to police everyone and go wherever we want. We got to get back to that, you know, that non-interventionist, like, yeah, we will help. We will, you know, pull levers and stuff if we have to, but do it like the businessmen that we used to be. Right. Okay, you're all the way over now. That's cool. <laughs> you have a friend now. <laughs> you libertarians, I know you got to stick together. There aren't That's very the last many thing libertarians do. They're always killing each other. They're always attacking each other. Well, I'm, I'm going to turn on them at any minute. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yesterday's poll, are you concerned with big tech censoring conservative voices as we approach the election? 94% of you said yes. 4% said no, 2% were unsure. Mm. I just, I can't. What percentage of people, people, it's Twitter, right? The, yes. What percentage did Twitter fix on that poll? Yeah. It's, <laughs> they were the, all the whole 4%. Yeah, that was right. all Jack. Yeah, no, it Jack was. Just voting over and over again. And you're, we're not allowed to vote more than once, but I bet Jack is. Oh, Jack can do it. He's got the controls. He's got the levers. Uh, today's poll, uh, we were just talking about the CNN poll mm. that you showed us. So... We're doing our own poll here uh, on the Blaze's Twitter. Which current Democratic presidential candidate has the best shot at beating Trump in 2020? Let us know at the Blaze's Twitter. That is at the Blaze, I think, Biden. It's pretty clear, right? Oddly enough, I mean, you think Biden is such a fallback option for Democrats. But, I mean, I think Harris is an interesting one because I think she presents a a dangerous profile if Mm -hmm. she can put it together. Beto, to me, is... Is, is a clear third. I still don't think Sanders is, you know, I, I still can't believe it. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. What do you think, Matt? I just want to watch the chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just going to watch everything burn down? I'm, and I'm going to watch it. I think it comes down to who can eat the most dirt on camera. <laughs> and that's better. That's <laughs> better. I'm not that's talking better. about metaphorical dirt. Oh, okay. I'm talking about actual <laughs> Literal dirt. Literal dirt. dirt that's beneath this, this thing. cauliflower <laughs> thing. Jason. Um, I think that Harris and... Uh, Bernie are kind of easily grouped together. Mm-hmm. And I think Biden's going to be able to capitalize on that. I think he's going to be able to separate himself. 
Even though it cracks me up in, the, in that shot that you, the video you played earlier, where he was like, "I'm the most progressive." That used to be like no-go zone. Yeah. Like you could not say that word yeah. what ten years ago or something like that. There's now a, they brag about it. Fighting absolutely over who insane. Is the most progressive. They did, uh, Hillary and uh, and uh, and Bernie were fighting over it. I was like, "This is uh, we've gone insane." But I think uh, Harris and Bernie will be clumped together. I think Biden will be able to separate themselves, and and he'll be able to pull in those those people that went over to Trump that were once you know Obama. I think, so too. Uh, I think he'll be able to. To, to pull them in, reel them in. But I also think that if Beto falls too far out and he jumps in as the, uh, you know, the, the VP. I'm telling you, it's going to be Biden-Beto. That, I'm telling I know you guys said crazy. they can't do that because they're all about identity politics, yeah. but they Two never have to live by their own standards. Hey, it, it doesn't, they it doesn't, never have to do that. It doesn't matter with Beto. It, it actually does not matter. He, like, culturally appropriated a Spanish nickname for crying out loud. They don't care. Like, whatever. I know. I'm telling you it's going to be Biden-Beto. And I think that is really dangerous. He's, he's not Hispanic? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me? <laughs> All right, let us know what you think uh, at The Blazes Twitter. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for being on again. Thank it's you. Great to have you. Oh, I mean, I think they might go push R or something, I could say. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.